0: Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com.
1: Hey Light Church, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, We have a special uh, edition today of what we normally do uh, because we get to do this together. So we're in uh, part two of our marriage portion of our intention series, and rather than just kind of doing a regular sermon, um, you guys get to hear me enough. I thought it would be amazing for us just to have a chat and to just do things a little bit differently. Paul in 1 Thessalonians 2.8 has this amazing verse where he says, So we cared for you because we loved you so much. We are delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And um, we have the privilege of getting to share the gospel with you um, week in and week out. But one of the other great privileges is we get to share our lives with you. And so that's kind of what this is going to be about. This is an opportunity to share our lives. Uh, If you're looking for more of like a theology of marriage, um, things like that, I would encourage you guys to go back to last week and we discussed that. Um, There's a few books Uh, that we would recommend because there's no way we can cover all the content. Uh, The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller, um, A New Marriage in Five Days um, by Tim Hargrave, uh, Cherish by Gary Thomas, um, and then lastly, uh, How We Love by Yurkovich um, are all amazing resources uh, that can kind of help deepen the conversation we're starting today. But before we dive into some of the content, I thought it'd be good if we just told our A part of the story of how how we met, but I think Jen tells this best.
0: Um, It is just a little tiny piece. We were like, we cannot cover our whole story. (laughs) It would take way too long. You'd be really bored. No, I'm just kidding. It's very exciting. (laughs) Um, It would take a very long time, it would take all of the 40 minutes. But um, I was a senior in Bible college, he was a freshman. And I had kind of been like, you know, I'm going to go to Bible college because I want to give Jesus my everything. And I I know that he's doing something with my life, but I'll never marry a pastor. I'm going to do music. I'm going to sing jazz in clubs or something. And then he was like, but obviously loving the Lord and ministering to people behind the scenes, you know. And then he was like, I'm going to go to Bible college. I'm going to become a pastor and I'm never doing music again. And then we found each other and uh, we had an English class together. And um, Benji, scrumptious as ever, skinny black jeans, had little plugs, situations, braces, very emotional hair. He had just left his band to like go pursue <laughs> Jesus and become a pastor. Off our world tour. This was about what, 17 and a half years ago?
1: 2004,
0: yeah. Um, and He sat down next to me and he said, he was like, hi, and he touched my knee and he said, Could I borrow a pencil? And I'm like, you didn't bring a pencil to your first day of class. (laughs) Anyways, so my response.
1: Read into that all you want. Because that's exactly the kind of student
0: I was. So I looked over to him and I said, little snarkily, I don't think that's a word. Don't you ever touch a woman's knee? If you want my attention, touch my shoulder or my elbow, not my knee. And you know I'm a little bit with, of a jokester with,
1: like, with
0: gusto, with
1: some gusto to the a point little bit of like where the whole class, gusto. the entire class, turns around to look at who's who's touching <laughs> a creeper. girl's knee in the back I know. of the class.
0: So I mean, first
1: that day at mo- Bible college,
0: that moment happened, and months later. I'm like, we, we I'm
1: going to marry this girl. That was it.
0: And, uh, and when, when we uh, decided to date, he was like, oh, no, you don't, you don't want to date a pastor. You don't want to marry a pastor. And at the time, he was a janitor of our church. And I said, True. I'm dating you because you're a janitor.
1: <laughs> so all you young girls, listen up.
0: Yeah. I was like, I'm going to date you because you're a janitor. And I said, if while you're a pastor, you keep the heart of a janitor, you don't mind cleaning some toilets, you don't get all prideful, you don't get all weird, we'll probably be just fine. Yeah. So we started dating, Yeah. marriage, four kids.
1: Yeah, so we've been married.
0: Ministry and music.
1: Yeah, we married 15 years. And I, the reason we love that story is there's so much about that story that was just unlikely, how we met and, and us being together. Um, and I think that a lot of times, People can, can look at certain relationships and have a certain perception of what they're like. Um, but what we want to do today is just really speak honestly, um, not from a point of expertise, um, but just from a point of vulnerability and authenticity of things that we've learned over the 15 years of marriage, being very different people. Very have different. Different um, unique giftings and callings and passions and how those things work out. It um, doesn't mean it's just been this walk in the park, although it's been incredibly beautiful and meaningful. So, we also want to share some of the things that we've learned along the way um, that's helped us. Um, the first thing I would love, Jen, just for you to speak into is, is within those differences. And that means that there's an element that we are two human beings married to each other who are flawed and broken. And so, with that um, comes a certain level of compassion that's required. Because of because of our uniquenesses and our differences and where we've come from, and um, and like what's what's that like? How do you how do you live in a, in a marriage in a covenant relationship with someone who's human and flawed and different than you? And what are some things? One know?
0: thing I do this is not in my notes, but I will listen to uh, the Sleeping at Last podcast. Um, about the enneagram nine, because Benji is a nine, and it just kind of gives me insight into his ways. And um, you know, I think with the enneagram or with anything that you're trying to figure out uh, yourself, like so many different things that are like quizzes and trying to get to know like who you are and how you're wired, and you want people to understand you. But I think something that's so effective in things like that is being able to have an insight into other people. Um, for them to be able to have an insight into you as well. But for you to be able to like study, you know, the things about your your spouse that are different and unique and how they handle situations. Um, the other thing I do. Did you want to say something? No, keep going. Okay. The other thing I do. This is like so not it's not like write this down because it's it's just ridiculous. But um, there are times when maybe, maybe, possibly, I know it would be hard to even be able to believe hypothetically, this. Hypothetically. Hypothetically, you know, Benji's being annoying. You know, like maybe, I don't know. Like, what would that even look like? You probably have no clue what that would look like.
1: That's a separate uh, seminar.
0: Hypothetically. So there are some times that I um to just like reset, you know, my gratitude for my spouse. I will watch the movie P.S. I Love You. It is so tragic. It is such it's a sad so movie. sad. Don't. But when I watch it, it just is like life is fragile. I think having experienced grief, like you just know like we don't have time to just take each other for granted. We don't have time to just flippantly live this life, not caring about the people around us. Like we have to be urgent about loving each other. So I'll watch that. And then he, I think he knows because when he yeah. would leave, he'd, I'd be just like, bye, have a great day, you know. And then he comes back and I'm like, you're everything I never do. I always wanted. You are the sun and the moon and the stars. It's just like, it just isn't an an adjustment that will make me, you know, really realize be urgent about loving each other. (laughs)
1: Whatever, whatever works. Yeah. (laughs) The PS I love you is in the recently viewed.
0: He'll call it. He'll be like, were you watching PS I love you? I'm like, yes
1: yeah it's kind of, it's kind of great. I, at first I didn't like the movie now I kind of love it not to watch it, but what it what it does. and I,
0: <laughs> and, and I think you have the power you, you really have the power to um, deflate or inflate your spouse on a daily basis. And um, I know that like' it's, it's like you hold a different power in each other's lives than anybody else. So it's like, I know I can pour into him in a way, he can pour into me in a way that receiving that is like, you know, gives you more confidence than anybody else's,
1: um, yeah. you know, Encourage encouragement. Know yeah, because I think there's like two reasons for that. One is um, most everyone else in your life gets a portion of you, and it's normally like a good portion you know, you get dressed to go to work, or you used to two years ago. Um, you you get to go and you put your, and when you get home, if you're married within that relationship, there's there's a sense of comfort and even safety that over time you get to see each other's not just your best point, but kind of your ugliest side as well. And so when talking about inflating and deflating, when Jen encourages me, I I know it's coming from a different place because she doesn't see me on a stage. She doesn't see me on a screen. She sees me day in and day out. And so um, the fact that she knows me better than anyone else means her encouragement means more than anyone else's. And the second thing is, um, and Keller talks about this in his book, is the person you love the most, their words matter the most. And so simply the fact that I love Jen, um, and we've we've told each other this, is... um, a hundred people could say something kind, but when Jen um, encourages me and brings me strength and courage, it means significantly more than all of that because she knows me best and because I love her more than anyone. And so because of that, that the power that you have as a couple is really, really profound. So, and and I think that, you know, with with being able to do that and like how to encourage your spouse is sometimes unique. Jen mentioned um, the Enneagram. Um, there's lots of things that have been helpful for us. Myers-Briggs, our spiritual gifts test, things like this. It's this just another one of those things. But um, I was one of the tools that kind of helped us discover like how we feel encouraged is pretty different and what we need to feel strengthened and inflated and Brought up is is different. She mentioned I'm a nine, which tends to be a peacemaker. I like when things are at harmony. Genza uh, type four, uh, which tends to be a lot of times when people are creative, uh, which means they desire they desire deep significance and connection, not just in who they are, but in what they create and what they do. Um, and so, because the Genza an incredibly deep feeler. Um, which is one of the beautiful things about her. And I tend to be held a higher value of like just wanting to keep things even keeled. And if there's waves, trying to calm the waves and stuff, which has made for some really interesting moments within our marriage of...
0: Yeah. I think when it's it's really funny when you know some of these details because there's moments when it like almost feels surfacey, and just like everything's calm. And I'm like, oh, and she's loving this, you know, (laughs) and then there's moments where we go like real deep and like really emotional. I'm like, I know it's hard for him, but he's like meeting me in that space. And I'm like, oh, I'm loving this. Tell tell Um, him how
1: you loved me on our ride from, drive from Arizona.
0: Oh, I wasn't even going to mention that. Okay, so um, we were in Arizona and we were driving home. And it was a six-hour drive. And I was like... Because I know. I think once you know how you are personally refreshed and then how your spouse is personally refreshed, as you have had years, more years in marriage, you can kind of like see how something is refreshing somebody. Anyways. So we're driving back. And I'm like, I wonder if I don't say anything or initiate conversation if he'll ever say anything. And so it was like a lot of silence for listening to music. Not a ton of silence. We had the kids in the background, like, you know. As silent
1: loud. as six people I, in a car. Yeah, as
0: silent as six people in a car. But not having conversation. And I like kind of went an hour and I was like, oh my goodness, like. I'm going to keep going and I went the whole um, six hours and then like a few days later I was like wow we didn't say anything (laughs) and I was like it was just really interesting because there's probably early on in the relationship that would have been something that would have been really like I can't even believe it we don't even talk we don't even communicate Um, and it's more like oh wow you are you were probably so refreshed. Just sitting there in silence. Uh, so, you know, it kind of shifts when you know how each other is refreshed. And I just kind of learned there's sometimes it's like, you know, Benji, yes, he is my spouse. But there are maybe people that I get my words in with more, you know, <laughs> like we may not sit and just like, man, like I'm refreshed by like, I need to talk. I need to process this, da, da. da, da, da. Um, I might call my sister or one of my friends, you know what I mean? Cause I'm like, just, your spouse doesn't necessarily have to be like everything in the world to you. Like, yeah. ma- does that even make sense? Yeah. yeah. Because you're like there,
1: uh, I, I can't be every, I was not designed to be everything you need because only Jesus has that role. Right. So I can bring some things to the table, hopefully some significant things to the table. Right. You do. But there's going to be, <laughs> there's going to be some gaps and I think it's interesting because I can be more extroverted in the sense of being around people, but I process internally. Mm-hmm. And Jen actually can enjoy being introverted more uh-huh. and being at home more, but she loud. processes it. externally. Yes. And so if she calls her sister or a friend to talk. And I think one thing we've grown in is that utilizing the other people in our life to help help create healthy relationships helps us see the value in each other. Yeah, um, And so being a good husband to Jen means that I need to engage in processing external processing and then her being a good wife means that there's times I remember when we literally got out of the car and she it wasn't like she was angry at me. she's like she smiled because she knew she was um, she was almost giving me a gift of peace she's like there was a lot of peace and quiet in that ride which is really not normal in a long car ride with small right. children so i think yeah you learning what your needs are and you don't have to even learn because you'll recognize, wow, my spouse isn't giving me this thing I need. I think the encouragement is, first and foremost, Jesus was is the person designed to give you that. Yeah. But secondly, he's created a family, like his body, the family of God that can kind of help, help kind of be that. Because then, like, the the more we live into that, the more we give each other the gift uh, of, like, a freedom of, like, you just get to be Jen. Mm -hmm. and you as a human being is a gift to me. Um, And then I get, and then she gives me the gift of like, oh, she knows who I am and what I offer and what I don't. It doesn't mean I can't grow or she can't grow. It doesn't mean that we're not trying to prefer one another, but we both have just come to know that a lot of our conflict comes when we've needed each other to be something that maybe we didn't have the ability to be in that moment or didn't even know Right, that we needed Just kind of
0: living into the fact that the differences strengthen the whole of the relationship. Yeah. And at times you can kind of want your spouse to be, and process and love and all the things the way that you are. And I think as you go deeper, you realize like the differences that you carry it like strengthens the whole thing.
1: You you say this thing sometimes it's really good of just like changing your eyes. Because some of the things that like your spouse doesn't bring to the table can be cause for annoyance or hurt. Um But you, I don't know, you have a good way of phrasing that. Like how you let the Lord engage you in those moments of frustration.
0: Yeah. I i mean, I think at any moment you can welcome the Holy Spirit into a moment. Um, You know, I could be really frustrated or irritated or whatever with Benji. And all
1: right <laughs> hard, hard to believe it really
0: is it happens people I, he and guys he really is like Every day. He, is, he is really like the best someone has to carry life. someone
1: has to carry this cross but throughout her stop. life <laughs>
0: stop okay anyways i can be really frustrated with Veggie. hard to believe it happens um but I'll have this moment where I'm just like, Holy Spirit, like change my eyes. And I can just, within the course of like a minute to two minutes, um, be internally changed where I'm like, oh, just like see him correctly. Mm. Um, and so I do that often, <laughs> not often, you don't need it that often. I'm sure you Multiple need it for times. me. Multiple times. Often. Everything. Um, But it's just really, it's just, like, a healthy moment because it's, like, I think we can get into patterns of even, like, frustration or something that's, like, over time on repeat is, like, you know, whatever. Um, But it's just, there's just, like, a moment where it's, like, change my eyes, change my heart, and I can literally be looking at him and by the end of two minutes be like, oh, my goodness, you are the cutest, sweetest, you are Man, I can't even believe I get to be yours. What I what I get from God, the father of <laughs> heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows, you know. So I think Holy that's Spirit. one moment. And I think that's that's a moment that you can have personally with the Lord that doesn't even need to necessarily necessarily be communicated in that moment. Like, man, you're really annoying me. And then I asked God to change my heart. It could just be internally.
1: <laughs> Guess what, babe?
0: <laughs> internally, you're just welcoming him into moments to change you in that moment to see them differently.
1: Yeah. Um, fun fact, if you see there, there is a dog sleeping next to us right here. So it'd be
0: that's Francis.
1: <laughs> that's Francis. So in case that's caused question as you're watching this video, <laughs> Francis. Left. she's just taking a nap. Um maybe we can dig a little bit more into that. So what so when you get frustrated and, at me, or when you know, like husband and wife, they there's that all of a sudden you enter into that point of tension and conflict. Um and maybe you're asking like the Holy Spirit, like, okay, change my eyes, but you're hurt and you're and there's something that needs to be said. Um I think this has been one of the greatest pieces of advice i've seen you live out and that you've given to people is like how how do you engage in a healthy way if you're about to enter into conflict or if you're about to like say something hard or you're responding out of being hurt
0: yeah i i think you know we're 15 and a half years into marriage and i think that two one of two things can happen to you you either become real raw and edgy like filterless or you can withdraw and isolate, and both aren't good, you know? It's like becoming super super raw and edgy is not necessarily the good way to handle a conflict, and becoming withdrawn and isolating is also not helpful to the situation. But all that to say- um, It's really good. Whether you're bringing one of those things to the table, um, one of the things that I've kind of used personally and have been able to help maybe a few people out with it is giving your rough draft to the Lord. And by that, I don't mean like you, you give your rough draft to the Lord and then you give your polished cleanup situation, um, to your spouse. But I just think about all the verses where Jesus is like, cast your cares on me because I care for you. Um, he wants us to bring the burden. He's the one that like beyond any other human's ability to be able to hold and contain um, all of our vulnerable, all of our things, it's the Lord. Like he's the one that says like, I want that. He says a broken and contrite spirit I do not despise, mm. you know? And so I think giving him that is um, really helpful. And one of the ways I would say, cause there's power in life, uh power, power of death and life in the tongue. Um, one of the ways... I think I have it on here. Oh, an example of even like a rough draft, you know, that you're about to like spew out to your spouse. So you, you may just be like, whatever. I just wasn't made for marriage. Um, I guess divorce is the only option. I guess we weren't just um, made for each other. That's something that people can just kind of like throw out there like it's nothing, when it might be like, "Hey, I might need to like go to just a coffee shop and spend some time with Jesus, process some things with Him. Um, yeah, I might walk, need to go surfing. Go I might drive. need to go for yeah. I might. We also say like, I say I've said from the beginning, you know, I am not held accountable for anything past nine p.m. Like, if you're trying to talk heavy after 9 p.m., it's going to be bad because I'm sucks. tired. Yeah, there's
1: a lot of science so behind it. So, we just
0: have a rule no. where we do not have heavy conversations after 9 p.m. because we're both going to, like, say things, you know, whatever. It's just too late. We need to, like, you can have fun after 9 p.m., but, like, not talk about heavy things. Um. So, but then the edited version... You know, it's like you can even you can even process some of the same things, but like getting the Lord's insight on it first, um, helping weed out some of those statements or things that are just like spicy and cruel and that you just like can't get over in like, you know, a couple of weeks that just kind of put a rock in your shoe. Um, I just think that's that's just been really helpful. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't mean you're not vulnerable. Like you can be vulnerable and share all the things that are, that you need to process with, but it's like having the Lord be a part of that process and like kind of weeding out some of the like jabs or things that could cause major damage with your words, Yeah. Um, kind of reflecting on, oh, maybe I didn't have to go that extreme, you know? Yeah,
1: because I think that there's, I mean, James talks about this. We had to be quick to listen, slow to speak. He doesn't say no to speak, but slow to speak, slow to become angry. And I think that there's there's a lot of psychology behind if you can get in a car and take a drive, go for a walk, and you can, and you can vocalize that rough drive to the Lord, what will happen is... A, you're actually releasing it to the proper place, the Lord. You also are hearing yourself being like, oh, maybe, maybe that isn't what I mean. And and then you invite the Holy Spirit into that. You're listening to the Holy Spirit. Then how do you communicate maybe the the feeling behind those words um, properly? And the Gottmans, who are these really famous psychologists, have this thing of like, there's feeling statements and fact statements And stereotypically, a lot of times, uh, women tend to lean into feeling statements and men can lean into fact statements. And a lot of times a conflict that can happen in that is if if Jen expresses a feeling statement and she's expressing something that is, um, you know, something that's come a deep place of her. Somehow I've hurt her and she's feeling that. If I immediately interpret that into fact statement... What can happen in my unhealth is I'm trying to correct the facts, and I'm like, no, well, actually, I did this, or actually, the, or my intention was this, and what I'm doing is I'm trying to correct the fact without ever addressing the feeling. I'm never actually validating. Like, I can tell I really hurt you in that, and so if that's ever happened to you guys, I just encourage you. Again, if you're if you're giving the rough draft to the Lord, giving each other the refined Holy Spirit version, this will happen less. But in those moments. If your spouse is expressing a deep thing, and there's even hurtful words, rather than thinking, what are the facts being said? Ask, what's the feeling behind this? And how do you speak to the feeling? Because a feeling wants connection, but a fact wants correction. A lot of times people, people get accused, rightfully so, of being defensive. And a lot of times they're just trying to correct facts without ever paying attention to the feeling behind that. So as much as like, hopefully, as, as husbands and wives were giving a rough draft to the Lord, when we fail at that, it's important to still give each other grace and not being like, that doesn't sound like the first draft, honey. But rather than saying, okay, what, what's, what's the pain behind the statement that I can speak to and hear and feel so that we can connect on that level um, and not, not just be so caught up in like, well, let me correct the details of the facts of what you're saying. Because that, that person still doesn't feel seen. Um, which oftentimes if someone is saying something in the moment, it's really intense. It's because they're feeling a sense of, they're not feeling safe, they're feeling abandoned. They're wanting to be feel seen and loved and welcomed in that, in that space. Good. Um, um, talk, talk a little bit about, I think one of the things you bring to our marriage so well, Jen, is, is just the, like a level of friendship. Um, Jen and I had the privilege of our relationship started as friends because she was a senior and I was a freshman there's a level of like we didn't ever think we would date nor did I ever think I would ever be in her league enough for her to date me Um, so we had a I would say a very authentic friendship for about a year and I would say that's served us well like Mm -hmm. the friendship element of our marriage and there's now all sorts of research that says that's one of the most Leading facts for if a marriage will sustain are what they call positive reinforced memories of those like uh, they've, they've had so much fun and friendship built up it can weather them through storms um, That's good. so how how do you do that? You're the fun one in our family like no. the kids know mom's fun, dads <laughs> serious <laughs> and full of business so
0: how
1: do you how do you how do you make sure things don't get boring? How do you like I don't know Especially with a guy like me, I'm.
0: You're not boring. I'm
1: drinking tea with my legs crossed. I'm dear, not like Mister Fun.
0: You're so. scrumptiously fun. No, I mean we definitely have things. I I think when you are when you are sitting and having deep, heavy marriage conversations all the time. um, on improvement and like, I feel like there is a place for that. And that is really important. And obviously that's why we're talking about it. Um, There's a place for it, but if it becomes every conversation, it just gets really heavy. You just weigh down on like, especially, you know, when you're just that, that's the whole focus Mm -hmm. of everything. It's It's just like this deep, like, Oh, you know? And so I think part of it is just, um enjoying the gift that we've been given of yeah. just being married and enjoying that and not being in a constant state of like you know where are we are we you know what I mean and i think you have a little bit more of that in the beginning of your marriage where you're just really trying to figure it out um but i would say you know like we we've always kind of had something some i'm very competitive my grandpa was a boxer my family is very um, competitive-natured family, and uh, so I think we—I mean, I've loved having that be a part of our relationship. It's so fun. Um, yeah, we play ping pong pretty frequently, and we call it our like marriage therapy. It's our therapy,
1: yeah. Because therapy. I can
0: just like instead of just being like, you know, unleashing rage on this man when I'm like you know kind of angry I can just Just goes out to
1: the garage and just
0: yeah just like slay a ping pong ball across the table and potentially get the winning point and then it's just like you know what I don't need to talk through anything I feel so much better feels good. We
1: bought a used ping pong table like 5 years ago. It was the best $100 we've ever it spent just, on our marriage.
0: It's so good. It's so good. So, I mean, any for like we'll play nerds. We, you know, No. Yeah. Like we're not that fun. Like I Don't know, know.
1: I know say it's not like Barrett we and have... came in
0: over here they're like going, you know, like snowboarding and stuff. So, do what you do.
1: What do you do? Cuz I think sometimes Again, we talked about last week how like we, as a culture, we idolize compatibility. Like you have to have all the same likes, and I would Mm -hmm. say like
0: nobody believed us that we were dating and that we were. And we're
1: so like we don't have a ton of like the similar like likes, but we. No. But what we do find then we really invest in that we're yeah. like okay this is our thing we find a show we like we do like totally different shows we and we're like we're like gonna watch this show, show together if we like <laughs> you know recently i would say even this year we we've both gotten into walking like we just go on walks mm-hmm. um and so that's something new so i would just say a lot of people are like well what if we like different things like that's welcome to this club right. it's very normal but try and find something or some things and then, like live into those and have fun with them and yeah so it's so wise because i think sometimes you can treat your marriage like a project that you're trying to fix or better or a business you're trying to grow and yeah. you miss the, like, friendship of it. Like, yeah. just go, you know, maybe this is just for someone. Like, go have fun. Like, right. you know, just go enjoy one another.
0: And I think if you're just, like, in this place of, like, questioning it all the time, it's just such a waste of time. Instead, yeah. living into it, being present to it, enjoying it, accepting... Um, not even it as it is, like it is always going to grow. And that's the beauty of a relationship um, with each other with Jesus is like when you're constantly asking the Holy Spirit to refine you, then like your marriage only has the potential to grow. Like our wedding day, I just thought it would be the best day of our whole lives. But it was like the start of like a lot of incredible days where it was like, you know, it's... Gone up and got gotten better in a lot of ways, you know, like and it's fine it, it doesn't have to be like the thing the highlight, and then everything is like, okay, then right. you know it's like man, we get to our marriage can also go from glory to glory, you know,
1: yeah. so yeah, I, mean, I think it's so good and i and I just i don't know I've been loving this conversation, and I think that you know, for if you're watching this in your in your marriage, it's just been it's been hard. Last couple of years, maybe even longer. It's been taxing. We just a you're not alone, um, and B. There's so much that God has for you, um, but sometimes it's God's yeah, peeling back those layers of maybe some. Things I've done, and but maybe the first thing again, like I think you always mentioned. So sometimes we just immediately dive into the bad. We're trying to fix the bad or what's coming, and you forget to just maybe just start with like the joy of what you have, mm-hmm. and like rediscover that. Maybe get away, like, you know, get away like for a couple of days and just go have some fun. I think some of the best times of our marriage, like, have just been like all of a sudden we we find ourselves someplace and we're just by ourselves for a day or two, and we're like, oh, we really enjoy being together and like continuing to to cultivate that is was really amazing I think like that's a model that Jesus gave us he's our as he's our groom to the church and that in his relationship he identifies himself towards us as a friend um, gives us a lot of freedom to do that and.
0: and I think one I would say one way that kind of the world would do relationships is that it's like um, you know, I I need this, I need to take this, like, I need this.
1: Mm. And
0: it's like a, it's a relationship of, like, taking and miss expectations. And, you know, a, a relationship like that is only going to get further and further away as expectations aren't met or, you know, like needs aren't whatever it may be. But when you have the mentality of, You know receiving from the Lord and going like how can I like how can I plant a seed into like my husband how can I give how can I pour you know into him it's like if the world will know that we're his disciples by the way we love each other like how can I how can I give to him and um Mm. and then that builds because you know like then he's like man how can I pour into her and how and then you're just building you're building the love within your relationship and it can only get stronger and it can only get you know more beautiful as you pour into each other yeah you know
1: when i um, about a month ago i was i was talking to my therapist knowing we were going to be talking about marriage and i was asking him like hey what's i'm like you've you there you know worked with therapy for with hundreds of couples like what's some advice you'd give and he said if if each person can take responsibility for themselves and their own health and growth um he says if if you're always trying to look at how to repair your partner it's not going to work you have to look inward and i think that's what, okay. what you're just saying is like if if you walk away from the you know this talk or this series and you're just and you just got more ammo towards your spouse of, where they need to grow like this doesn't work yeah but if you let the holy spirit fill you heal you work on you and you know and paul talks about this even to couples who were married and then all but one of them is believe one is not they just talk about like your witness towards your spouse has eternal significance and so i would just encourage you like just what's the holy spirit inviting you into mm-hmm. and how you know, and, and I know we can be keenly aware of what's lacking in our spouse, but for the time being, put that on the shelf. Surrender that to the Lord. He cares for you. He cares for them. And just let the Holy Spirit say, what is he inviting you into to grow and to deepen? Because it's so worth it. It's such, you're just such a gift. Right. so beautiful.
0: And whether it's you, if you're like, man, we, I just think we need to go to therapy. Like that, that is a great option. If you need ping pong therapy, you do know, it. Yeah, There's some ping pong tables on offer up right now. Just get one. <laughs> um, you know, but just being able to invest in it in multiple ways. Yes, there's gonna be hard, deep conversations, but also welcoming like the light and um the joy.
1: Yeah. Um I I know we didn't even cover. We did talk our about notes. this for like any by anything, we've, yeah. Anything for this talk, for this video. Anything else you feel like we want to make sure we we say?
0: No, I mean yes, but I think it. No. Maybe just I think we're
1: maybe just say that's last this last one. This yeah. Is a, this is a great little. I was gonna read tidbit. the whole
0: of where's my phone? Oh, it's over there. Um, First Corinthians thirteen. It says, you know. You may be able to speak in the tongues and of men of, and of angels, but have not love. I am only a resounding gong or a clinging cymbal. Um, it goes on to go into the part that everybody knows. Um, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not proud. Love is not rude. Um, love keeps no record of wrongs. Um, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Love
1: you're, always you protects, know always always always
0: helps, love never Apparently. fails. You can go check that one out. I, I'm sure I missed something. Get it, girl. Anyways, I think we really hear that and, um, and it's real sweet before you get married. Like When you're on the part of like, man, like yes. We're about to get married and the goal is like out in front of you and you're like, I will overlook everything in this person's life and I will love you with everything because it's like the goal is out in front of you. You're about to get married. So you just will overlook that. You'll just be like, you know, there's this, but it's fine because we've got this goal and we're going to get married. And so, yes, like dreamy, like love is patient. Love is kind. Love. You know, does not boast, does not proud, does not rude. It's like, yes. But when you, it's like these, almost like these elementary, not even elementary, that sounds, that sounds not good. But these verses that are like pretty clear and almost simple that we may have like learned when we're young, if we kind of look at that within our marriage and go like, man, you know, am I being patient? Am, Am I being, you know, like... Am I, am I boasting? Am I being rude? Like all these kind of things to kind of look and see where you're at um, is a good thing to do. Because sometimes when we don't have that, mm. once we're past that, that goal and that dream and that desire to be married and we're in it, then we just kind of lose our like um, luster in our Is that the word, right word? Yeah, in our cool. marriage to go word. like there's not something out in front of us. Um, and so it's a good time to reevaluate, like kind of where you're at and something with the record of wrongs, um, that I've always thought about is keeping a record of rights. You know, there's like a lot of moments where it's like, you know, as you have more years, as you go through more things, there's just going to be more things that are like, ah, that was rough or that was hard. And so just recounting, like he said, the positive reinforcement, of like recounting the beautiful things Mm. is like really good, you know? And it doesn't mean, if there's rough things that, man, this needs to clearly be handled, um, you need to go through that process. But it's just a generality of like, man, how could I just think about, set my mind on, um, you know, my spouse and the beautiful, Yeah. The beauty that this tea-drinking man is. And one of the things on my dresser, you probably can't see it. It's very far away. It's probably bad. Um It's so scrumptious, But it's a picture of Benji on our honeymoon. And uh, I just have it in all my stuff. And every day I see his little sweet face. And I'm just like, oh, bless his heart. He's doing such a good job. So it's just, you know, I think it's like little things that just kind of remind you. Mm. Um, yeah, I
1: love that. keep a record of rights something we could all do so um i loved doing this with you i really did terrifying i I know terrifying so good Um, (laughs) would you just just whoever's watching this would you just pray just for their marriage or even their future marriage if they're watching this and me
0: pray i want you to pray oh yes okay Lord Jesus, we just come before you right now, Lord. And I I know um, sometimes it's hard to talk through conversations like this because everybody's relationship is so um, specific and unique to them and how you wired each of them and and what stage they are in their marriage. And so I just pray that um, supernaturally that you would just come and intervene lord jesus i pray that you would come and you would just be the god of all comfort lord jesus i pray that you would come and just um empower your people to Mm -hmm. love each other well lord jesus Jesus. i pray that you would give um, ideas and creativity lord that the energy that they put into other things in their life lord god that they would start to sit down and really put the energy into their relationships um, and Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would see the desire of people's hearts if people are watching and um they're 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 uh single or they've gone through a divorce, Lord, um, or they're a widow or a widower, Lord Jesus, whatever stage they may be in, um, I just pray, Lord God, that you Lord would have um just a moment where you would just speak, Lord, your great plans into their lives, Lord God, that they would know, Lord, your peace that passes all understanding, Lord Jesus, and that, Lord, those desires that they would have, Lord God, whatever they may be, Lord, whether they're like never again, or whether they are like really desiring to have somebody to um, just do this life with, Lord God, I pray that you um, would give them the desires of their heart, Lord Jesus, that you uh, would know exactly, Lord God, um, what, they, what they need and, and who you've made for them and so we thank you, Amen. we love you we pray um, yeah Amen. for you to just just be woven into um, everything in our life not God including our relationships, including our marriages and um, we love you, in your name we pray Amen Amen mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com.